hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with Ray. Today, we are going to dive into a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. It is something I am consistently battling and growing with, and that is the all-famous imposter syndrome. What is it? How does it rear its ugly head? And how can you judo chop that motherfucker out of your way? All the answers will be revealed in today's episode, so go ahead and do what you guys do best. Go brew that cup of coffee, go roll that J, because it's time to settle in to another episode of Real Talk with Ray. back. Welcome back, my beautiful souls. Hopefully you are elevated and ready to dive into this week's episode. I'm excited. I'm excited. Because right now, the very thing that we're going to talk about is nowhere to be found. I judo chopped my imposter syndrome about a week and a half ago. And so far, it has not had the balls to come back. And I am so proud of myself. So proud of myself. And for those of you that are like, what the hell is an imposter syndrome? Well, as Oxford Dictionary would describe it, it is the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> man, this hits hard for so many reasons. And the funniest part is under that, it says someone suffering from imposter syndrome has a higher chance of anxiety. <laughs> no, you do have anxiety. <laughs> yeah. If you if you hear that voice multiple times a week or even in a day, you have anxiety. And anxiety is not a bad thing. Okay? Everybody can have anxiety. Unfortunately, some folks, their chemical makeup like me, is fucked. And genetically, genetically, I am an anxious person. Or was. I can say I was. I've worked very hard to, you know, grow away from that. But there is a difference. Um, there's different levels of anxiety, obviously. And they can come from many different things. Um, there's like general anxiety that anybody could get for like longer periods of stressed, heightened induced moments. Um, or, you know, you can just be like, you know, someone who's gone through so much that it has altered your brain chemistry, causing anxiety with lower levels of serotonin and dopamine. But the worst part is when all of these levels tank and that door to anxiety opens, it's not just anxiety walking into your life. There is another sneaky little bitch that runs through that door of anxiety and literally squats in your brain. And that's the imposter syndrome. Oh, 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 I hate mine. I hate mine. And you know what? It's okay to hate it. For the longest time, I ignored it. Then when I acknowledged it, I didn't speak up. And I just listened and let it yammer on, thinking it would stop on its own. And now I'm at the point where 
when my imposter syndrome starts to speak up just a little too loudly, because I have learned that 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 voice, that imposter syndrome voice that I hear inside of my head, I've learned it's not me. Though it may talk to me in my own voice, in my own head, the words that are coming from that voice are the feared judgments that I would get from other people for what I'm doing, right? Like anticipating like these negative thoughts they would have and stopping myself before I even have a chance to put myself out there. Like there's fear, but then there's that imposter syndrome and that imposter syndrome convinces you that these thoughts, that these outside judgments from people are a real threat and you alter your course based off of this. Sometimes you can push past these little moments of fear and actually put yourself out there and achieve success. And then as you are about to embrace the success, imposter syndrome comes and tackles you like a freaking linebacker to remind you, "Mm, but you didn't believe in yourself. So did you really do it? Did you actually, actually earn this or did you get lucky? Did someone just hand it to you? Really messed up, really messed up because you know, you know you did the work, but you give this voice so much power, it's believable. Now, to be fair, there are some computing statistics happening inside of your brain that are working against you when it comes to this imposter syndrome. A lot of people are unaware of their own processing power and their subconscious or how their minds function at all. I myself, I'm 30 years old and finding it very interesting that I didn't know how my own brain worked for so long. It's very fun to learn. Probably the best bit of information I learned was the difference in processing power for your conscious and your subconscious mind. And when I learned the difference Oh, it made so much g-dang sense as to why my anxiety and my imposter syndrome ran rampant because they were taking advantage of the fact that I had no idea on how to even stop them. So here it is. Here, Here are the numbers. Here are the numbers for you. Your conscious mind, right? Your driver's seat can only process 40 to 50 bits of information per second. That's like a flip-flop and floppy disk from the G-Dang 80s, okay? That's not very great. It's not. And then you have your subconscious purring at 11 million bits of information per second. Yeah. Now, to be fair, your subconscious is also kind of like your helper and helps you survive, right? Though you may be zeroed in and focusing on a task, we have peripheral vision. Our subconscious is constantly at the edges of our vision and taking in all of the other surroundings based off of our senses of sight, smell, hear, taste, you know, feeling, vibrations, all of it. It's storing all of this information, which 
sometimes is really great to help us out, right? In moments that we need to recall and we're like, hold on, if we go back, we can piece together both sides of the puzzle and remember a little bit more information. What was zoned in, you know, like for the focus and a few details on the outside. Thank you, beautiful brains. However, the imposter syndrome loves to exploit the subconscious because if you are not in a, you know, routine as far as like a mindfulness practice or meditation, your subconscious is the driver. I don't care how logical or how smart you think you may be. That's cool. That's that's great. But <laughs> we're talking about something completely different here. And no matter how smart you may be, the facts are there. Your conscious mind just cannot compute as quickly when you're in your subconscious mind. That's why a lot of people can make a quick decision and then later they're like, oh, actually, you know, now that I've had time to think about it, again, the difference between the two, right? Jumping with a few facts or taking your time and doing it right. So in order to help judo chop this imposter syndrome, you have to be able to do the mental reps in your mind. And it can be something as simple as picking a, you know, menial task, right? Say you're not someone who feels like you can meditate without quote unquote falling asleep. No, those are people who just close their eyes and they don't understand being aware, okay? If you're meditating, you're not falling asleep unless you've been meditating for quite a while. So (laughs) what you need to do is pick up a, a boring task throughout the day, okay? Maybe it's brushing your teeth. Maybe it's getting dressed, washing dishes, folding laundry, whatever it may be and be fully present. Don't watch TV. Don't listen to music, right? Just be present. Think about folding of the laundry, the smell of the clothes. Maybe they're warm and soft out of the dryer, right? Maybe you're doing it by a window so you can look out the window. Your mind will wander because you're doing a boring task, right? The mind loves to stay busy, especially an anxious mind. However, your mind will wander. You'll be like, oh, hmm, interesting. That's where it ran to when I let off the gas. Just take note of that. You don't need to think or feel any certain way about it because we don't have time for that. We're in the present moment. So a little post-it note. Cool. Thank you. I'm going to come back to myself now. You bring the attention right back to your mind and your body. The very task at hand. And then guess what? Your mind will wander again. Another little sticky note. Interesting. Cool. You may see patterns. You may not. But the more you can call yourself back to yourself, the stronger your conscious mind will be. The more you will notice when your subconscious is running the show. Right? Like I am (laughs) uh, a perpetual disassociator. And some of that I like to do intentionally because I know the release I can give my brain from that. And some of it comes from other moments where I just completely let my brain run the show. I pick like a a coloring book page and I almost color through it and think through it. And I just let my mind do its thing. 
and it just wherever it goes. And then I'll set, I'll I have to set a timer though, because time doesn't exist when you're disassociating. And then I will come back. And then I will think consciously about where my mind went. It's very, I don't know how to, it's kind of like a weird meditation for me. As someone who used to disassociate in my teen years to kind of like escape situations and how I thought and felt, um, it is very interesting to me to be able to use this disassociation in a positive way uh, because sometimes we can fall into such a depression that we do disassociate and we pick TV shows and we just stare through it with no thoughts, no feelings, no nothing, just to pass time. Or some people will game. Some people just, you know, there's other tasks, but generally just something where you don't have to do anything to not do anything. And that is letting the subconscious run the show and not learning from it. That is that is not a great disassociation. Uh, it is okay if you go through that. Obviously, there are professionals to help um, because you are valuable. Don't don't waste your precious time. Uh, but you can pick a fun, boring task, something creative that's still engaging both sides of the brain, and then just let your mind go. Now, I'm going to do my best to describe this because I feel like this is something I have learned to do to help quiet my mind, right? Like some people color and they're like, I'm doing a mindful activity. Yes, but I do it in a different way. So like I like to pick coloring um, or doodling. That's kind of like the best thing or like, I guess, chalk doodles, anything art, painting, what have you. Um, And I will put on music and sometimes I sing to the song and sometimes my mind just, if I let it, it just bounces everywhere like a hyper little child on candy, like this thought and that thought and this thought, sometimes they're creative bounces, right? And I almost, I try not to get too aware in the moment because then it chases this flow away. Um, But I just, when I'm done with the task, right? That's why why I do a task because disassociating uh, negatively without a sense of time is bad. And they're done that. So I pick the art as the task, right? Not a TV show. It's something meaningful, something that makes me feel successful by the end of it. And this is my safe way of kind of letting my mind run free. It's like almost like a reverse meditation for me in a way, because generally in meditation, we work on just being present or clearing the mind. Sometimes there's like yoga nidra or, you know, visuals that you meditate on. But generally, it is to free your mind up and clear it up. And that's great. And it's not, it's not an easy thing to do. It could be very exhausting constantly telling yourself to pay attention like, hey, over here. Like, that's me all day to myself all day. I'm, you know, just constantly in my head coaching myself and it gets exhausting. So I like to pick a artistic endeavor because that's just what I love to do. And this is something I did when I was younger too. I didn't realize what it was doing for me. 
Um, but I'm grateful to utilize this again in my adult years with more knowledge, but I would put on music, grab something to color, to paint, to doodle, uh, and then I would doodle and I would paint. And sometimes I would sing the song. Sometimes my mind would bounce around. Either way, I wasn't making myself pay attention. I was just kind of coloring and letting my mind just bounce around like she had a lot of energy I could tell there's a lot of things happening and I just needed a way to just process it all out and so now as an adult I can do this and it's great like there's moments that this will do nothing but open a stream of you know creative consciousness and I have idea after idea after idea that I can write down afterwards sometimes my mind circles around moments that made me feel less than or moments where it's like hey we said we're gonna stick up for ourselves. what about this moment that would have been a great one you know just kind of like bringing things to my attention that maybe I tried not to pay attention to and in those moments I don't need to do anything other than just let my mind run free and then when I am done with my art piece you know, I sign it. I date it. Sometimes I journal. Sometimes I write down my creative ideas. Other times I go to my mat and will clear my mind like a reset, like cool, right? I just, I let her, I let her run rampant. Now I have to clean up the mess, reset, and then start all over again. And doing these mental reps, having these moments has helped me identify so many moments my imposter syndrome would take over. Um, there were moments where I couldn't even approach this task because my imposter syndrome told me my art piece was going to be shit. And then finally, one day I was like, yeah, but the goal of this is not to make art, right? Because here I am flexing my conscious mind. And one day my conscious mind was like, yeah, no, the goal of this is not to have an award-winning art piece we can sell and become famous on. This is just to allow ourselves to be and to create at the same time. That is the only goal. And once that voice started speaking up, I could get into it. But again, like it's just these constant mental reps. Some days my imposter syndrome must have like juiced up on roids, right? And it, it really tries. And then there's other days... I've, I've done the work, I've put in the reps, and it's like a bubble trying to attack me. It's just one little, and it's gone. I hope all of you in some way, in some form, will be inspired to start taking control of your mind. And you don't have to admit to anyone that you're not in control of your mind. It's cool. Just construction internally, okay? internally no one needs to be none the wiser okay if that's your thing too like if you if you're not ready to admit these self-sabotaging thoughts that you have shh, I get it bury that shit deep just kidding don't um because we all have them guaranteed if you spoke to somebody about your insecurities they're either going to support you or support you and align with you and if they don't do either one of those things, why are they in your life? <laughs> um, yeah. So there's that. 
there's your golden ticket right now. If you go out there and you're vulnerable and someone doesn't support you, cool. You're weeding your garden, my love. Pull those weeds out. The imposter syndrome thrives in the weeds of your garden. Pull them out. Make sure you are surrounding yourself with the right people, the right support system. Most importantly, make sure you are your first line of defense for love and support always. If you do suffer from major imposter syndrome, as cliche as it may be, write positive things about yourself on post-it notes and put them several places in your house. Put them on your bathroom mirror. Put them inside your medicine cabinet, on your dresser. Put one in the kitchen. Put one on the door before you leave the house. Somewhere you know you're going to see it throughout the day and read it. Because guess what? We are all intelligent adults, right? We read. We read. We read well. And guess what your subconscious does, whether your conscious mind wants to read or not? It takes in that information. So that is a positive way to use your subconscious brain. Short words, small phrases that your subconscious mind and your peripheral could see and instantly compute that information. I am worthy, right? I am creative. I am smart. Something simple, just a few words. And I guarantee you, even if you didn't stop to be like, I'm going to read my post-it today, your subconscious already did. And you're filling it with beautiful fucking things. Yes. Yes. Your imposter syndrome doesn't like that. We want more of it. More of it, please. Man, I should write a book on all the ways that you can like judo chop the the art of judo chopping your imposter syndrome i think it just wrote itself there's the title there it is let me tell you (laughs) and most of all most of all when you do have a successful moment right when you meet a goal and you did it You got through the first bit of imposter syndrome. You said, fuck you, fuck you, judo chop you, kick you, roundhouse, bam. And then you achieve your goal and your imposter syndrome's like, you know, trying to get back up. Remind yourself, take a moment, very short, as soon as you can, the first moment you can after having this success moment, no matter how big or how small, find a room by yourself with a mirror Look in the mirror and tell yourself you did it. Tell yourself. Hype yourself up as though you are your best friend and you're like, oh my God, we did it. We did that. Oh my God, can you believe we did it? We did that. We were so freaking celebrate with yourself. Don't slough it off. Doesn't matter how big or small of an accomplishment it is because we're not comparing it to anyone or anything. It is just this moment right now. Celebrate. Celebrate. Before any other voice has a a chance to jump in, celebrate yourself and look at yourself. Look at yourself. Celebrate it. Own it. And chop that motherfucker of an imposter syndrome. 
do it. It's weird. Trust me, it's really weird to talk to yourself in the mirror. Hype yourself up in the mirror. At least it is for me. But I do that shit. Because guess what? Every time I feel way better about my success, I can own it. And I don't have that huge voice pop up and try and rob me of my hard work. And I want that for you. (laughs) So recapping on your tips today to start living a better life and start judo chopping your imposter syndrome. One, a mindfulness practice. Get your subconscious brain in its place. Get it in its place. All right. Not the driver's seat. Okay. We want our conscious brain in the driver's seat. And we want to we want to gas that baby up to the full 50 bits of information per second. Okay. Any small moment you can do if you want to sit and meditate, that's great. Cool. I'm here for it. If that's not your vibe yet and you just want to dip your toe in the water, mindful moments. Take a boring moment, make it mindful and meaningful. Stay with it. Stay with it no matter how boring it is. Set a timer. If time seems like it's against you, just five to 10 minutes, I guarantee you, you will come out happier. Second is your support system. Know who your people are in your corner. Know who you can trust. And those who don't fully support your vision and what your, the goals you're working towards, healthy boundaries, folks. Healthy boundaries. Not everybody needs to have a hand in your success. Not everybody needs to know what you're doing before you do it. Okay? Only the people that are going to hype you up and help you when you yourself are stumbling. Okay? And if you have to be your own support system, be your own support system. You should, first and foremost. But just because no one else is there patting your ass to get it done doesn't mean you can't pat your own ass, babe. Give it a good old pat-pat and keep on going because you got this. You are going to be your number one hype person by the end of this. promise you. And lastly, when we do succeed, we celebrate. Nope. Celebrate right fucking away. You excuse yourself whenever you can. Go to a bathroom. Go to your bedroom. Stand in front of the mirror. Look your gorgeous self right in your big bright fucking eyes and say we did it that hard work that stress that fear was for nothing because we did it and I knew we could and celebrate and dance and get excited for yourself and take that moment in if you want to treat yourself to dinner treat yourself to dinner treat yourself you did it celebrate but first and foremost look at yourself look at the excitement on your face own it don't let anything steal that from you because nothing should nothing you are worthy every step every breath no matter if you are contributing or not just by standing where you are listening to this podcast breathing air you are worthy stars have exploded and combined to make us like you are worthy don't don't tell me that star exploded for nothing. Like, hi, hello, intelligent race here. Come on. Come on. Be better. Do better because you deserve it from you, first and foremost. So take these tips, utilize them, and get to judo chopping that 
bitch in the neck. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Give your a ha and a hi and a ooh, and I'd kick her, sir.